Ephesians chapter 5. Hallelujah. We're, I would tell you we're winding down, but you don't know what chapter 6 has in store for you. We may be here for a long time because chapter 6 is my favorite chapter, so um, we'll see. But here in Ephesians 5, are you all ready for the word tonight? Amen. Say it one more time. Say, I'm being restored. And so, but let's look at this. And so, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, I'm not going to go back and review just for time's sake, uh, but let's just start um, at verse number 8, King James Version. Hallelujah. For you were sometimes in darkness, for you used to be in darkness, but now you, you light, but now are you light in the Lord? Walk as children of the light. So, we're, tonight we're going to talk about light versus darkness. So, how many of you know that Jesus is the light? The word of God is the light, and yet it's talking about you. So again, it says what? It says, for you were sometimes, you used to be in darkness. How many of you know those who are not born again are in darkness? And that's where you and I used to be, and everybody used to be, and, and then yet you were born again. Are you all born again? And so now you are the light. You walk as children of the light. So let's look at John chapter 8. Jesus said this. Jesus said this, John chapter 8, verse number 12. John 8, 12 says that, um, it says this, John 8, 12, hallelujah. Then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am, so Jesus is the light. I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. So we used to walk in darkness, but now we follow Jesus. And because we follow Jesus, we will not walk in darkness. Everybody say it this way, say, I will not walk in darkness. So darkness is a rep representation of being lost. Darkness is a representation of uh, you're of your father, the devil. And so you and I don't walk in darkness anymore because you're children of the light. So Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So in every area of your life, yes, the word of God, and we're going to look at it, is the lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. But because you're born again, you and I don't have to have anything in our life or around us that is from the kingdom of darkness, from the kingdom of the devil. You've been translated, interesting, translated uh, translated to me, you know, I know there's not as many uh, Star Trek fans in here uh, as there should be. And why do you watch that? Because it's fake. It can't be real. No, there are no aliens. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. But I'm just telling you, when they get translated, it has to do with light. And you, by the light, the light of God came in you, and it picked you up, and it translated you. You should never have a foot in the kingdom of darkness and a foot in the kingdom of light. We should walk in the light. Everybody say, I've been translated. What, what have you been translated? So we, 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 we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus said, if you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness, but you have, shall have the light of life. Let's look at John 12. John 12, verse uh, 35. It says this, then Jesus said to them, you, uh, yet in a little while, yet a little while is the light with you. So he's the light. Walk while you have the light. How many know we still have the light? How many know Jesus is still walking with you? 
I said, how many know Jesus is still walking with you? You have the written, the logos, the word of God, and the revelation, which is bringing light to the logos. So you walk in the light. So it uh, says, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness come upon you, for he that walks in darkness knows not where he goes. So it's talking about walking. And so we, we, we are the ones that determine where we walk. So you're either going to walk in darkness. It's a terrible thing to be a born-again believer. It's a terrible thing to be a born-again, spirit-filled believer. It's a terrible thing to be a born-again, let me finish my sentence, born-again, spirit-filled believer who knows the word to walk in darkness. We should not be walking in any kind of darkness. What is darkness? The kingdom of this world. What is darkness? It's of the father of that kingdom, the devil. So you and I are not going to walk in darkness. But you can't walk in darkness. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't walk in light and darkness at the same time. Some people try. I believe the Lord wants us to choose the light. Amen. Amen. So, what, so Jesus said, yet a while the light is with you, walk while you have light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness doesn't know where he goes. So there's a lot of people, even born again ones, that are confused. There, you, we, we should not walk around confused. One of the things in Luke chapter 4, he said he brings recovery of sight to the blind. Now, a lot of people believe that's talking about physical blindness, but if you really study it out, it's not talking about that at all. It's talking about spiritual blindness. Once you were blind, but no, you're no longer blind. Let's look on. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5. So it says, sometimes, uh, for you were sometimes in darkness, but now you, you light. You are, are you the light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. Everybody say, I'm walking in the light. So what's the Lord's commandment to us? The Holy Ghost said through the Apostle Paul, walk in the light. So that means we have a choice. We're going to walk in the light or you're going to walk in the dark. We're not talking about walking in the gray. You're either going to walk in the light or you're going to walk in the dark. Jesus said, I wish you were hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out my mouth. That has a lot to do with this. You can't have a foot in the kingdom of God and a foot in the kingdom of darkness. He wants us to be children of the light and to walk that way. Verse number 9, for the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So you and I aren't supposed to be fellowshipping with unfruitful works of darkness. What does it mean to fellowship? Who are you fellowship with? Well, I'm not fellowshipping with any bad people. Now, don't get mad at me. This is Wednesday night crowd. You can fellowship with darkness while you watch TV. You can fellowship with darkness while you're looking at your phone. Right? All of us have to watch that. I have to watch that. You have to watch that. I have to watch that. You have to watch that. No fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather do what? Reprove them. Praise the Lord. For it's a shame. You know this is in the Bible? I'm reading it right out of the Bible. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which... They do in darkness in secret. It's a shame to even talk about it. Verse 13. Praise the Lord. But all things that are reproved and are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. That's kind of hard to look at. Can you, can you throw that up for me in the Amplified Classic? Ephesians 5.13. I know sometimes it's hard to, you've got a little pattern up there, but Ephesians 5.13, the Amplified Classic. 
Y'all, it's not as easy as it looks. It's really, I don't even know what they do up there. But, but when anything is exposed and reproved by the light, it is made visible and clear. So it, when you shine the light in a dark room, things become visible and clear. Just a little bit of light in a dark room changes everything. It is made visible and clear. And where everything is visible and clear, there's light. So if it's visible and clear, that's because there's light. So all it's saying is, if there's darkness in the room, and if you need to expose it, how do you expose it? You shine the light. What is the light? Well, the word of God is the light. Jesus is the light, and you are the light. So see, our light, um, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but your light should make darkness uncomfortable. Now, I'm going to tell you a little account. Some of you heard me tell this before. But when I first started this church 30 years ago, can you believe that? 30 years ago, at 10 years old. At, um, 30 years ago, when I started this church, I worked at a place called McCray's. It's not even a thing anymore. How many of you from Huntsville, you all remember McCray's when there used to be a mall? So McCray's is like uh, a downgrade from a Dillard's. And I can say that now because they're gone. Uh, so it's like a downgrade from that or a downgrade from Belk's. Um, and uh, I sold suits. And so when I first started, I didn't really let uh, people, I tried not to let people know. But, you know, if everybody, what are you doing, you know, what are you doing here? You don't talk like us. How, where, where are you from? I'm from Illinois. Um, uh, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Well, I try not to tell them because people start acting weird when they find out who you are. And so I, I eventually they all began to know. But then, let's just say um, there was a few guys who did not like me. And... Um, um, and they were not nice. And very, like I'd be standing there and a couple of them would be like um, just not very far from me. And they would talk about it. He, they'd say things like that. He think we're going to hell. Because they act a certain way. And i just smile at them. The guy that said that, I ended up uh, um, getting him born again before he died. Um, he's in heaven. Whether it was mean to me or not, he's in heaven. He's in heaven. And, uh, but what, I didn't even say much. Matter of fact, I didn't say nothing. But does our light make darkness uncomfortable? You know, Pastor Rhonda was saying this, you have an aroma in the spirit. And um, it's either death or life. It's either dark or light. Um, yes, we should say things. But our very presence, the light of God on the inside of us, should really make the darkness uncomfortable. Amen. So let's get there. Amen. Let's get there. Y'all with me? I, listen to me. It, it's never, I, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't trying to do anything. I wasn't one of the pastors who was trying to start a church by causing a bunch of controversy and saying things to people and, you know, making comments to people of how they lived and all that kind of stuff. I, 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 I didn't go around telling everybody what I did. I used to tell customers because I was trying to grow the church. What are you doing here? I freely told all them. Um, and actually got some people that's really in the storefront. That's how some of the people came. Because they shop with me at McCray's. Hallelujah. But for the people that work there, uh, I became the pastor on staff. When anybody had anything go on, the store manager would come get me to pray for people. That was pretty cool. I, I tell the story all the time. So when I first got here, I don't know why I'm telling you this. When I first got here, um, 
uh, I was on this channel called the Victory Network. Um, that's how I met Opal Cruz, actually. And we, she heard, we heard each other talk, and we're like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're kin. Hallelujah. We're, we're of the same butts. And she loved me, and I loved her. And, uh, but one time I felt, I thought I was led um, to sing on my, on my program. I got a 30-minute free program, and I, felt, I thought I was led to sing. And so I got to work the next day, and I had three people come to me and say, Mark, your teaching is good. Don't sing. <laughs> so I found out they're watching. So maybe that was the Lord's way. They're watching. But what was I trying to be there? Just light. Just light. Just light. Just light. Because that's what we're supposed to be. Um. The Bible, in Ephesians, said you were once darkness. So let's look at Isaiah 42, 7. Isaiah, you were once darkness, it said. You were sometimes darkness. You were once darkness. It said, in Isaiah 42, 7, it says, to open blind eyes, to bring the prisoners from prison, and them that sit in darkness from the prison house. So anyone that you know that's not born again is in a prison. They sit in darkness. And if you remember what that was like until you believed in Jesus, the light, you didn't know where you were going either. You didn't know what you were supposed to do either. It's in the world today, it is literally this, the blind are really leading the blind. And that's why it's all messed up. Now, how can we change that? Well, we need to be more light. And give them the opportunity so the Lord said to open the eyes of the blind. Uh, Matthew 4.16 talks from Isaiah. It says, Matthew 4.16, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is springing up. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, you know this one. It talks about where did this darkness come from. It says, whom in, the, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them that believe not. So no, understand this. Someone who's not born again... Their, their mind is blinded. They have blinders on and can't see. So, well, Pastor Mark, they walk around all the time. It's not a natural scene. It's spiritually the devil keeps, he needs to, in order to hold on to them, he needs to keep them blind. He needs to keep them in the prison house. He's got them locked up right where they want. They think like he thinks. They talk like he talks. They act like he acts. They do all that because they're of darkness. They have a fallen nature. But it's not until the light of the glorious gospel comes that will get them out of that darkness. And Isaiah even talks about gross darkness. And so I'm telling you, what, what am I talking to you about? The Holy Ghost through Paul through the church of Ephesians is, I need you to be light. Amen. You are created from the, a kingdom of light and life. And Jesus is the light and the life of all men. And that light came on the inside of us. So before they were in darkness, before you were sometimes in darkness. Aren't you glad you're not in darkness no more? Amen. Hallelujah. So what is the cure for darkness? What is the cure for darkness? Well, if, if a room, even in this room, I don't know if uh, you've probably have never been in here when it's totally dark. 
There are no lights on. Uh, way back when, when it first got built nine years ago, there was no light switch over on my ready room. And um, I don't know why nobody thought of that. But after I had to walk through the dark and about killed myself a few times, I'm like, somebody needs to put a light switch over here. Because I can't see. Because there's no windows in here. And the ceiling is dark and the backstage is dark and this is dark and it's dark. It's a good thing I'm not scared. But I can't see. But just a little bit of light. What I found was if you just left those little lights above the doors back there, you could see in here. It was, it was enough that you didn't kill yourself. So just a little light. That, just a little light. So, well, it's dark out there. They're mean out there. But just be the light. How do you cure darkness? Light. So what, you know these scriptures, but I'm gonna, let me give it to you. Psalms 119, 105. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's good for us. Psalms 119, 130. The entrance of his word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. But I want to tell you, because I want to even make this more for how do we help them? How do we really help them? How do we, because you can't force them to do anything. The Lord doesn't even force you to do anything. He's not a dictator. He's a shepherd. He won't make you do anything. He gave you a will, which I tell people is the greatest blessing and the biggest problem God has ever given us all at once. Because he wanted you to have a will so you would freely serve him. But you got to make sure your will is his will just like Jesus did. And, and, and their wills are all messed up because their emotions are all messed up. Because their soul is all messed up. Because their spirit is not born again and there's darkness in them. How can you really, and I really help them? Well, number one is you can pray the blinders come off their eyes. And anything, in, 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 even in our lives, if you're not getting something from the word of God, we'll just pick an easy one. If you don't understand, you know, people come here all the time and want to, if there is a complaint and I can't help it because it's the word of God, people say, well, y'all are money-minded. Well, that means they have blinders on their eyes when it comes to money because if you sit and listen to the word of God that we preach, it'll set you free from money. If you really listen to it, it'll set you free. But instead, they come in with blinders in their eyes. They've let somebody tell them that a church or a preacher that talks about money is just wanting a bigger jet. And, but I'll tell you this, if, if a singer who doesn't sing anything but nasty stuff can have a jet, I don't know why a preacher can't have a jet. I personally don't want one. I don't. I don't need one. Every once in a while when I'm on a flight overseas, I just would like to, you know, uh, be in first class or, so I can lay down. Other than that, I'm fine. I don't need no jet. I don't need a helicopter. All right? But I'm no, I don't, it blesses me when other people can have one that they're supposed to. But you see, if someone resists that, that despises that, makes them, they've got blinders on their eyes because they're not really listening to the light of the word of God. They've got some kind of blinders on. So how do I help them? Get over it. No, what I need to do is I need to say if there's any blinders on their eyes, I, I command them to come off because the God of this world is still blinding them. Amen. Religion and the tradition of men is still blinding them. So I command the blinders to come off. When we pray that over people as they come in. When we pray, we command blinders to come off of their eyes. So that the, when the glorious gospel, what is glorious? The light of the glorious gospel comes, they can receive it. 
Amen. And then the Bible said, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet. Well, it's good for me, but I believe if it's good for me, I can also make a pathway for somebody else who can't see. You got some children that are away from God? Speak the word. To quit praying, well, Lord, whatever it takes. That is a religious, traditional prayer that you need to throw away. Throw it away. It's not one God can answer. Do whatever you got to do. Well, he, he's not, he's not going to sick them. He's not going to get them in a car accident. He doesn't have any destruction. Pray the word over them. Pray the word. Pray compassion over them. Send laborers across their path. But make a way. I raised them in the way they should go. And I say when they're old, they will not depart. It is a curse for my children to be in captivity. And I've been redeemed from the curse. What are you doing? You're saying that from the Lord. But what you did is you just made a pathway. You just made it light so they can get their way back. My child may look like the prodigal, but they're going to be the prodigal. They're going to come all the way home, and they're going to be on fire for God, and they're going to walk in their authority. Hallelujah. Father, are you ready? I'm ready. Hallelujah. Here they come. Here they come. What are you doing? You are making light come out of your mouth and giving them a pathway to get back. Sometimes mama and daddy, he'll tell you, be quiet to them. And just speak the word. Let him do the work. You are not the Holy Ghost. And if you try to be, you, you're, you're shutting the Holy Ghost down who can really help them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is that good? Amen. Ephesians 1.18. Pray this over yourself. We already looked at this many weeks ago. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. What, what do we need? What do, how can we get out of darkness in our, our lives? Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. If you're not getting something from the word of God, if you don't understand it, Lord, uh, when they talk about this or I see this in your word and I don't understand it, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. I like the Amplified Classic here. It says uh, that your eyes would be flooded with light. What is light? Revelation. Your eyes would be flooded with light. And then you can pray this over other people. Paul prayed this so that for us, and he prayed this for them. But you can pray this over somebody who's born again or not born again. Lord, I pray the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. They're, they're living in darkness, but I pray that their eyes would be flooded with light. I pray when that, when that uh, 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 laborer that goes across their path that I sent in faith, that someone's coming, I pray that when they come, their eyes will be flooded with light, that they would know something. What do they need to know? The, no, the hope of his calling. And people teach it different, and I don't care how they teach it, but I understand it from my study, from what I understand of the Lord, that they're ta- this is talking about Jesus' calling. That they may know what the hope of Jesus' calling is. And what are the riches of his glory of his inheritance of the saints. And so this is the deal. You can't know who you are until you know who he is. You don't know what you inherited until you know what he inherited. And when you figure that out, then you can pray that on other people who are currently living in and sitting in darkness. That, 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 that when the message or when the word comes, they're enlightened. I love it on Sunday mornings around here. When, when I'm preaching and I know that there's backslidden or people who are not even born again in the room. And I can look on their face and they even kind of like beam at me a little bit because I see the lights coming on. So much fun to see lights come on. Ah, oh, somebody's home now. Hallelujah. It's really cool. 
And you can have a part in that. We don't want to leave people in darkness. We want to get them out of darkness. Don't curse the darkness. Don't be mad at them because they're in darkness. Speak over them. Make a path for them. Speak the word. Be bright yourself. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's see another one. First John, um, ooh, 1 John 1.7. This was good. This one's for us. Talking about light or darkness. It says if we walk in the light. Is that what Jesus told us to do? He said walk in the light. What is walking in the light? Walking in the word. What is walking in the word? Walking in the spirit. What is walking in the word? Walking in the spirit. Doing what he said do. Because that proves we love him. He said walk in the light. Everybody say I'm walking in the light. As he is in the light. And it says we have fellowship one with another. Now I believe this is all vertical. I've heard other people teach it. They're talking about this way and this way. And I don't think that does any harm to the scripture. Because when we have fellowship this way, we can have fellowship this way. But I believe this is talking about fellowship with the Lord. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. How many of you know, uh, 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 unless two, God said a name is three and three. Unless you agree with him, you can't walk with him. How many know he's light? He's love. Right? And if you're going to have true fellowship with him, you're going to have to agree with him. And if you're going to have true fellowship with him, you're going to have to walk in the light as he is in the light. So it says walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with one another. And then what happens? Woo, this is a good one. This is worth combing your hair, coming to church, hallelujah, or brushing your teeth, or at least buttoning up your shirt or whatever you did to get here. And the blood of Jesus, this is not promised to everybody. I said this is not promised to everybody. But if you'll walk with him and you'll walk in the light of what you have, and, and, and you, you and I can have so much light. And the more light you walk in, the more free you will be. Because the blood of Jesus Christ will do what? Walk, ever say, I'm walking in the light. And if you study this out, this is a continual cleansing. See, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up under very strong condemnation. Um, I would not take communion as a little boy, as a teenager. Because I always felt like I disappointed God and I did something wrong all the time. I lived, even though I was born again at the age of 12, I lived like I was a sinner and could never please him. It just, I, I put upon him how I felt in my life. Could never please anybody. I was never good enough. So when communion would come around, I would never take it. Because I didn't want to die. Because I thought, you know, if I take this unworthily, you know, the devil will help you. Even if you don't know any word, he'll help you with a word that will condemn you. Because I remember if you take it unworthily, you're going to die or something. And that's not even what the scripture said. That's what I thought. I'm not going to make someone who's already mad at me even madder at me by eating some cracker and drinking some juice. Just not going to do it. And so I felt that all the time. And so I always felt condemned. But then when this scripture comes to, when you get it, when you start walking the light, all those sins that, you know, because they used to tell you about the sins of commission and omission. And I had permission and demission and all the missions. Because they were always like, you're a sinner and you sin all the time. And, and you got to confess even when you don't know you did anything. You did something. You know you did something, you lousy human being. You did something you got to be sorry for. Well, that's not the way God wants you and I to live. If you do sin, we weren't going to go out and read it, but if you do sin, you have an advocate. And you know when you sin, don't you? Does anybody have to tell you? 
Does mama have to tell you? Does anybody, does pastor have to tell you? Nobody has to tell you. And if you fix that right up when it happens, then he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But this is so cool. If I'll just walk in the light, if I'll just walk in the light, if I'll just walk in the revelation I have, I don't have to worry about the sin of permission and omission and commission. There's really not a sin of permission. I just make that one up. Uh, but they talk about, the, why? Because I'm walking in the light. And as I walk in the light, I'm walking in the word. I have fellowship. And the blood of Jesus continually cleanses me from all sin. Amen. So what's the deal? Walk in the light. That's what we're talking about tonight. Everybody say, I'm walking in the light. What is that? Walking in the word. Walking in the revelation that you have. And don't be like, well, uh, so I'm not going to learn any word so I don't have to have any revelation. No, that, that, that is not the way this works. Everybody is responsible for the word because it's available to you. It's, a, it's available to everybody. Everybody say, I'm walking in the light. First John 2 and 10 said, he that loves his brother abides in light. So can you tell if you're walk, someone's walking in light? Well, one of the things, the sure tell, tell thing that the Lord always looks at is that if you love somebody that you can see. If I love you, it's proof that I'm walking in the light. Because I say it this way, you know, God, the word of God says in First John, it says that if you don't love someone you can see, then there's no way you love someone you cannot see. So nobody can say, I love God and hate any of us. What do we know? Mm, Not born again. Because you really can't be born again and hate somebody. Can't. It's impossible. Well, they go to church. Big deal. I put a car in my garage and I can go stay in the garage and go vroom, vroom. It doesn't make me a Beamer. Doesn't make me a Mercedes. I'm still just me. Nope, there should be proof. And the biggest proof is that if someone's walking in the light, they love their brother. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you love one another? Hallelujah. Well, let me talk just real quick. It has to be real quick. It's raining outside. I can hear it. So you don't want to leave now anyway. You'll get wet. You'll get wet. You don't want to go anywhere. Isaiah 60. So I'm just going to keep you until I feel like the rain has stopped. <laughs> Don't anybody tell me. All right. Isaiah 60. Let's look at this. So you and I are supposed to come to light. It says, Arise, shine, for the light has come. And the glory, so light and glory go together. You know, I love to talk about the glory. Light and glory come together. The, Lord, the glory of the Lord has risen on you. So the light of God, the word of God, the light. Jesus said, walk in the light. So that light has risen upon you. Verse 2. Verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And there it is. And gross darkness the people. So we're living in a time. And the Lord even told me one time. I told him because things were getting really bad. And I said, Lord, this is that gross darkness you're talking about. He said, no, not yet. So gross darkness is darker than dark. And gross darkness on the people, but, everybody say but. Woo! For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness on the people, but the Lord. But the Lord shall arise on what? On you. Turn your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. But the Lord shall arise on you, and what? And his glory 
shall be seen on you. So the light of God and the glory of God, come on, how many know it's Christ in you, the hope of glory? But So what is the earth doing? Well, the earth is even groaning and travailing until the sons of God be revealed. What does that mean? Well, I believe that means when the church finally gets a full revelation of who they are and they begin to take authority over everything. I mean, you know, they, listen to me. I think we ought to take care of the earth. God gave it to us. But this thing is going to last until Jesus is ready to come back. Because God knows when he's coming back and it's going to be all right. All right. So don't get mad at me if I don't recycle good enough. Hallelujah. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross, or at all, or gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen on thee. Verse 3. And the Gentiles shall come. When are the Gentiles going to come? When are the people of the United States going to come back to God? When are they going to come? When everything's right in Washington, D.C. When everything's okay in Montgomery. When everything's okay, in, in, when are they going to come back? When are they going to come back? When we get everything perfect? No, when the Gentiles, when the church, when you and I get the glory on us. The Lord is coming for a glorious church. This is going to happen. You can either be a part of it or not a part of it. We've all decided to be a part, right? And the Gentiles shall come to your light. Not to you, but to the light on the inside of you. Amen. To the king. And the king's to the brightness of thy rising. Woo, I like that one. We could just stay there. Acts chapter 26, 16. Acts chapter 26. In the early church, the same church that we're a part of. Acts 26, 16. It says, but rise and stand on your feet. For I have appeared. So, you know, Jesus appeared to uh, Saul who became Paul. Uh, I appeared to thee for this purpose. To make thee a minister. And a witness both of these things which you have seen and those things which I will appear unto you. Verse 17. Delivering you from the people. Hallelujah. How many know we need to get delivered Amen. from what people think? Amen. I'm still working on it. Hallelujah. Just serious as I can be. I'm just, you know, because you think you got it. And then, you know, uh, nobody likes to be talked bad about. Nobody likes to disappoint people. But you figure it out. As long as you keep him happy, you keep the most important people happy. Hallelujah. Delivering you from the people. You can't really minister to people if you're afraid of them. You can't really minister to them if you think you have to be correct in everything. Oh, I can meddle right now. I ain't just good. Delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Well, they're just talking about uh, Saul who became Paul. No, this is our call too. I mean, you know, we're called to those that are lost. And you got to get delivered from them so you can help them. Amen. Everybody say, I've been delivered. Verse 18. So what are we doing? Open their eyes. When you're ministering to somebody, before you do it, even on the inside, Lord, I pray the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. I ask you to open their eyes. I'm about to tell them the glorious gospel. I mean, be prepared for that. Open your eyes. And turn them from darkness to light. What's the whole purpose? We're supposed to get people out of darkness. But you got to realize something. They're really in darkness. They can't act right. They can't talk right. They can't think right. Quit being mad at them. Do you want them to change? Get them the light. Do you want them to do different? Get them the light. Do we excuse? No, I'm not talking about excusing people. I'm talking about understanding why they are who they are. You were once them. Come on, has it been so long ago that now you think 
you were always perfect? <laughs> no, man. Without Jesus, where would we be? Open their eyes. Turn them from the darkness to the light and from the power of Satan. Darkness, power of Satan. Prison, power of Satan. Unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. That is, so they can have the same inheritance that you and I walk in. I'll know they're, now they're currently talking stupid, making stupid decisions, saying stupid things and doing stupid things. But if they would make one decision... If they would receive the light, who Jesus is, then everything can change. Hallelujah. Everybody say, open their eyes. Hallelujah. We'll read Philippians 2.15. We're almost done. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. That's you. Without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Well. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Everybody say this. I am a shining light. We saw this a couple Sundays ago. You have a, you have, you have a candle, right? What does it say? Don't put it under a bushel. Come on, this little light of mine. What are we? We're a, we're a light and we're a city set on a hill. We're a beacon of hope. We're a beacon of what, it, what, are, what are we sending out? We're sending out the gospel, the good news, the word of God. Not my, not my opinions, not, not, not about this world, these world systems. If you're going to be a beacon, if you're going to be a light to those that are in darkness, they can only, the only thing that's going to draw them is the light of Jesus Christ. And we got to make sure that's what we're doing. We're, we're sending out the light. We're sending out the gospel. We're sending out the good news. We're preparing a path for them so they can walk to Jesus. We are to be, even if it's a crooked and perverse nation, um, we are supposed to be shining like light. Say, everybody say, I'm a shining light. And then, John, and then the Lord gave this to John the Baptist, and I was going to be done. But as I was meditating, this came up on my heart, so I'm going to give it to you and me. I love looking at John the Baptist. He is the type of the church today. John the Baptist was there at the first appearance of Jesus, and I believe the church is a lot like uh, the coming of John the Baptist getting ready for the coming of the Lord. And so we're, we're like John the Baptist, and we're supposed to prepare the way. We're preparing the way. We're making crooked places straight. We're bringing mountains down and valleys up so for a highway for our God. And so in this, in John chapter 5, verse 35, in John 5, 35, it says this. He was a burning and a shining light. Everybody say, I am a burning and a shining light. And what are people supposed to be able to do? Well, the season we're here on the earth. If Jesus doesn't come back during my season on the earth, but while they're here, they're going to rejoice in the light that is in me. And you need to believe that about yourself. For the season to my generation... Remember, David was called to his generation. You were called to your generation. And what are we supposed to be? Just a shining light. Not perfect. Not have to know everything. I believe in good doctrine. You all know that. But even if you don't know everything yet, just be a shining light. Be compassionate. Be kind. Be full of love. Draw people to Jesus by just being the light. 
Amen? Say it one more time. Say, I am the light. Because the light of the world, Jesus lives in me. And I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to let my light shine. Can I get a, this little light of mine. Hallelujah. 